Impact, income, and influence. Do you want the most powerful, actionable takeaways from today's episode? Go to actionbullets.com to grab the quick, easy-to-read takeaways that will help you change your life and grow your business. Or you can click the Action Bullets link in the description below. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show for business owners looking to reach millions of people online. My name is Steve Warner. I am your host today, and I am joined by Paul Schumann. Paul helps businesses settle debts and then goes in the back end and helps them scale. Doing that, he talks to them, he figures out why they were in debt and helps them avoid that in the future. This is a super rare skill set that I think you are going to find incredibly valuable. Paul, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing great, Steve. Uh, as a matter of fact, in a little bit, I'm getting a brand new puppy dog that's being delivered. <laughs> so I'm oh, happy. nice. What kind of dog are you getting? It, it's sort of like a poodle dog. It's two years. It's a rescue dog. And he was over here a few days ago, and I just fell in love with this little tiny poodly thing. It's a great dog. <laughs> that's how it always, always happens. But take just take us back to the beginning. Like, how does somebody become an expert in debt settlement? I mean, that's a really rare skill that you don't hear very often. So how'd that start for you? Let, let me take it back about 50 years to when I graduated in college with a degree in chemistry. And as soon as I walked out, I went into real estate. And start flipping, bought a real uh, 16 unit apartment mouth, no built, no money down, start flipping raw land. And my partner said, hey, let's build. So we built 14 apartment buildings, an office building. And during that time, you know, I was always negotiating things and looking at stuff. And then after that, I went in for the next 40 years, I've been a licensed real estate broker, a mortgage lender, and a few other things in between. But what I learned was how to look at credit reports, how to understand cash flow, debt settlement, things like that. Then I got hired by a La Jolla firm back in the about 93. And I'd walked in as a real estate broker. He said, have you ever done debt settlements? I said, no. <laughs> so he showed me what I do. And this guy had lost all of the settlement guys. And he had a, literally a filing cabinet full of unsolved cases. So I sat down and I started to realize that the number one problem between the creditor and the debtor was communication. So I called up the creditor and said, we have a, a problem here. What do we need to do to settle this thing? So within 45 days, I emptied the filing cabinet and settled every one of them and just blew the owners away. So they had to hire six telemarketers to keep me busy. And I was settling cases they never thought could even happen. My biggest case was with Co-America Bank and an aerospace company. It took me over a year, and Co-America Bank had a loan for $1.6 They had the UCC one filing on everything. And when I was done, I almost got their attorney firm filed, and I got a reduction down to $400,000, a $1.2 million reduction over 10 years with no interest and no personal guarantees. They said it couldn't be done and I did it. And I've done similar things for other people that they don't understand how I can do it. I said, I don't know. It's just, you know, my Jewish blood. <laughs> I just learned how to talk. Well, if you, I was going to say, if you are good at negotiating and you're willing to do that, I think talking about like communication issues, I know in my past, I had credit issues back in 2007 and 2008. And like, I didn't want to talk to any of them 
communication yeah. breaks down and then you're not going to solve any problems. And I had to hire a lawyer to do it. Um, that was, I mean, that was gosh, 15 years ago now, 14 years ago, but that's, that is a huge skill set. Um, and it's really interesting how you got there. So talk to us a little bit, cause I think you've probably perked up some ears. What, like if people use debt settlement, does it affect their credit? Like, what are some things that people need to know about debt settlement? Okay. Um, let, let me give you a little bit of a little bit more of my background. In 2009, when the economy crashed, I lost six and a half million dollars and went bankrupt. I had $600,000 in credit card debt because I understood the industry. And what I also understood over the last 10 years is that, you know, I'm, I'm now backed up to almost an 800 FICO and I got tons of credit. But what I've learned in the settlement industry, because I've spoken with the Experian and TransUnion, I've, there's two different systems that are working simultaneously. You have the business credit system and you have the personal credit system. And sometimes they overlap and sometimes they don't. If you get a business card that requires a personal guarantee, it'll show up on your personal credit report. If you have a problem, you're going to get a derogatory. You're going to have issues. Mm -hmm. Now, same way with personal credit, if you have it. Now, when somebody says, will it hurt you to do a settlement? And typically I say, yes, it will, and maybe not. And the distinction is most of the time when people come to me and they say, I have a problem, they're already in collections. Their report is already trashed. It can't go much worse other than filing a bankruptcy, which you never want to do unless you have no way out. I mean, mine was six and a half million that went down, so I didn't have a choice. But most people do. If you've only have 30, 40, $50,000 worth of debt, and it's credit card issues or unsecured debt, you never have to file bankruptcy. There are better ways around it because bankruptcies can follow you for 10 years. And there's ways of getting rid of all of those stuff on your credit report after a few years, if they're credit card or unsecured debt. And, and I can get into that later. But the one thing you have to know is, yes, it will. It will harm your credit report when you settle. But my job is to when I settle a debt and it's on a personal level that affects your personal credit, I also negotiate to get those people to remove the line item off your credit report as if it never existed. So if mm -hmm. you had five credit cards and all in collections, you probably have about a 510 FICO score. If I go in there and negotiate all of them and get them to remove it, your credit score won't be as high because now you don't have a history, which is 35% of your score. But the other thing is you won't have any derogatories. Your FICA score will probably jump up to the mid sixes, <clears throat> maybe around 670, 680, because you have no derogatories. So <clears throat> yes, it can harm you if it's done wrong. And it can definitely help you if it's done correctly. And that correctly is a matter of experience and how to negotiate. And that's where negotiations comes in. How to speak to the creditor. I mean, and most people don't know. They don't understand what they can and can't do. But the one thing I tell people is never lie. A lie can backfire you in ways that you never, ever want to have to happen. However, there are ways of explaining things that, let's just say it, it isn't the whole truth, but it is nothing but the truth. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, do you have problems? Yes, I do. 
Well, yeah, they're terrible. My, my last client that I've known him for a number of years, and he had $178,000 in credit card debt, right? He was already in collections with attorneys about to file lawsuits against him when he called me up. He says, can you help me? I go, maybe. <laughs> anyway, I called the collection attorneys and, and I understand how to work with attorneys. They're mm -hmm. a different breed, right? By the time I was finished rewriting the hardship letter correctly and explaining him that you never, ever, ever keep any real estate or trust in your personal name. So many people will open up a family trust and put it in their name. Yeah. Now, if you get into trouble, the collection attorney can do skip searching, find your name, see the trust, bust it, and take your assets. But if you put it in your dog's name, Joe Blow's name, anything, you know, Christmas tree's name, and you create a lease between yourself and the trust by a third party signing it, now you don't own any property. The trust where they cannot find it, you have a lease agreement with. So end of story. Now, when I settled with these guys, I settled. So his $178,000 after he paid them and he paid me, he saved $100,000. He asked me not to fix his credit report because his wife was a spendaholic. Now, I explained in the hardship, play, uh, hardship letter all the things that happened, his medical issues and all these things, which are absolutely unequivocally true. What I didn't put down there was he owned $2 million worth of real estate, and most of it was free and clear, mm -hmm. which if they would have found it, would have been disastrous because they would have filed lawsuits and collected 100 cents on the dollar. Mm -hmm. So it's not that you aren't telling them the truth is that sometimes you don't have to tell them the entire story. Only tell them what they request. Right. Typically it's letters, hardship stories, things like that. What can you do, sir? This is all I can do. Well, that's so, I mean, you're saying tell them the truth, but right. just tell them what is required to tell right. them. Don't when you go, when don't you go into, away. yeah, when you go into a court of law, your attorney says, never offer a, information that they did not request. It will backfire on you. And it always does because the attorney is structuring your case and he only wants you to say certain things. And that's what we do. We're not attorneys. We're not accountants. We're not any of those things. But 50 years of negotiations and, and working with some of the top negotiators, including Chris Boss and those guys that, you know, never split the difference and top guys out there. I've learned some of the tricks. And because my wife is an NLP master and a DISC master, and I'm a DTM and Toastmasters, we learn communication and skills that we listen for. Mm -hmm. There are certain words that people will say that will trigger what we need to do to respond. That's years of experience. Anybody can settle a debt. And then again, anybody can go to court and defend themselves without an attorney. What would you rather do when you're in court? Have an attorney who knows the laws 
or defend yourself when you don't know what you're doing. And that's what we explain to people. Yes, you can do everything I can do. The outcome might be different. It usually is. And sometimes it's not always in your favor. So that's cool. where we get to people. Hey, I just wanted to take a quick break from this episode. Are you enjoying the stories so far? Would you like to know how to use storytelling and story selling in your business? Check the show notes down below or go to storyselling.how to grab my free mini course on story selling and start implementing this in your business right now. All right, let's jump back to the episode. So I want to I want to come back to this, but I want to go back to business credit versus personal credit because I think that is something yes. that a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of business owners don't understand. They're financing things through personal credit as opposed to business credit. So kind of unpack business credit. How do you know how much you have available to you? How do you apply for it? Is there a number that works the same as a credit score? Just unpack it a little bit. Okay. So there's different credit reporting agencies for businesses that there are for personal. There's an Experian business, Equifax business, Dun & Bradstreet, and there's a few others in the background that you really don't need to know. But if you're going to go for business credit, you've got to set your company up correctly. There's about seven different steps, but I'm not going to go through all of them. Primarily, make sure you have either a corporation or an LLC. Make sure you have a good EIN number. <clears throat> make sure you have a Dun & Bradstreet number. It's free. Don't get hooked into them saying they're going to charge you money to do something. You don't have to. I've gotten all my Dun & Bradstreets for myself and other people's never cost a penny. The Dun & Bradstreet is critical for getting business credit. And I'll explain. Now, the first thing you need to do, and in the very beginning, when you've got a new corporation, you will not get business credit except with your personal guarantees. They don't, you have no track record. They don't know who you are. They don't know your assets. They don't see you paying any bills on time. They don't know anything about you except what's on your personal credit report. So the things you go to is like Granger and office supply stores, Union 76, some of the gas cards, and you go for the easy ones. Now, what you want to make sure, and the ones I've mentioned, will report to Don Bradstreet. But there's quite a few trade payables that do not report. And if you have a choice between one that reports and one doesn't, get the one that reports. And they'll report to Dun & Bradstreet. They'll report to some of the other ones. And there's lists. There, there's like four major tiers, five major tiers of business credit. You have to start with tier one. That's your basic baby stuff. Mm-hmm. And once you start in there, suppliers will go to Dun & Bradstreet. They'll look up your corporation name and see whether or not you've been working with anybody, whether or not you have any credit to see whether or not they want to extend you credit. The difference being, I'll extend you credit with your personal guarantee, and you have to pay it. Give us a credit card until you get going for a while. Versus once you've got established, you say, we'll put you on a net 30. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to ask for a credit card. And they may or may not even ask for your personal credit report. If they see you've got established credit and you pay your bills on time. Awesome. So the so getting started, just to recap what I heard, make sure you have an EIN number, make sure you're set up as a business, which I think most people get right away. Then go yes. get a Dun & Bradstreet number 
and then yes. start with one of the tier one creditors that will give you credit that reports to Dun & Bradstreet and then grow from there. Correct. Essentially, everybody starts at the same place. Now, if you go to Google and Amazon, you know they've got like 146 trade payable companies out there reporting. You don't need that many. You need as many as you need to run your business. And, and I, I'm going to explain something that <laughs> you'll need to learn. There's something called an NACIS number. Okay. This is basically who you are as a company. Let me see. And they have codes for everything you could think of in the industry, literally. Every single thing you can think of has a code. Now, not all of them are up to date right now. There's, matter of fact, this year and next year, they're going to be updating the codes. But essentially, you need to look at your business. Are you a consulting business? Are you an automotive business? Or what kind of business you are? And you'll come up with a code. Now, okay. why is that code important? A bank credit card companies and other people will look at your code to determine, are you a safe company or are you a risky company? I'll give you an example that will not make any sense to you, but listen, a risky company in the automotive industry is a transmission repair company. If you have that code that you're a transmission repair company, you are risky. Why? It's because they've found that there are too many people where transmissions have failed. There have been lawsuits, other problems and issues. However, that same company, if they put down there a lube oil and filter company, is one of the safest companies. Now, they could do lube oil and filters and transmissions, right. but how the code is listed can either make you good or break you. A credit card company, if you're selling or dealing in certain drugs, sex, other things, which they think are risky, and even uh, health products and stuff, they'll ban you. They won't give you a credit card processor. If you're in the non-risky business, no problem. You're good so to let go. Me let me ask you a question then, because I think a lot of listeners to the show are either in the coaching, they're in the coaching, consulting, author, speaker world. What sure. would be safe NACIS codes there versus the risky ones? What are some of the safest ones for consultants, authors? Just put yourself, leaders? you know, just put down as a consultant. Mm -hmm. And I think it's 541990 or something like that. It's just a simple consulting job. And what they know is typically you're not going to get sued. You're just a consultant. You're not an attorney. You're not giving them legal advice. You're not giving them anything that could get them into trouble. You're just telling them ideas on what to do to help themselves and allowing them to make choices. Just okay. like a coach. Got you know, it. If you're a coach, you don't go into the business and tell them what to do. You listen to them and then you say, okay, well, have you thought about this, this, and this? Yep. And let them answer. Okay, don't tell it. them what to do. 
I just wanted to take a short break from this episode and let you know about one of the biggest secrets I have found when it comes to converting webinars. If you have a webinar and it's not converting as well as you want, or if you're thinking about building a webinar and you want to grab this tip, it has helped numerous people. One of my clients, we actually doubled their conversion rate just by implementing this one simple step. And you can grab it at deathtobadwebinars.com or by clicking in the show notes below. All right, let's jump back to the episode. So we, we covered business credit, which I think is great. Okay. Now let's go into if somebody has some credit issues, if they've had some problems in the past, what are some yeah. of the biggest mistakes you see people make versus what they should be doing? In clearing them up or create them in the first Just place? Just like, let's say that they start to go 30 days late or they're 60 days late. Like what are, because you said earlier, like communication was a huge problem, but what are some other mistakes that people make that get them into trouble long-term? Okay. The, the one thing that I've noticed is that people <clears throat> seem to think that they can always remember to pay their bills on time. And what I've learned is if people wait for a bill to come in and they pay it, sometimes it gets missed. I tell everybody, put every one of your bills on auto pay and watch your bank statements carefully to make sure they don't get overdrawn. So the only thing you have to worry about is your bank statement and not whether or not you paid your bill. They're automatic. I've been doing this for all my life, pretty much. I mean, as soon as they had automatic, I was on it. And for the last 10 years, perfect credit, perfect everything, never missed payments. I don't even, have, I could go on vacation and not even care. As long as I know my bank account's got lots of money in it, I don't care right. because it's automatically paid. Now, here's the thing. If you accidentally make a mistake, you miss a bill and you're 30 days late, the first time you do it immediately, call the company up, the credit card company, and say, oops, I made a mistake. Could you do me a goodwill favor and remove it from my report and reverse the penalties? I'm sorry. I, I'm a good client of yours. I haven't missed. I was on vacation. Something got screwed up, uh, and I made a mistake. And I say this almost 100% of the time. The first time it happens, they will reverse it, clear your credit, and take the charges off. I know I've had it happen when my bank messed up and didn't do something right, and they found that it was on auto pay, but it glitched. So I called them up, Capital One, whatever, and I said, listen, something happened. This is what happened. Oh, no problem, Mr. Schumann. You've been a perfect pair. We got it cleared off. They even reverse the charges, everything. No problem. Have a nice day. And they'll do that once every few years. They won't do it a couple, three times in a row. Now they know something else is wrong. But first time, just call them up. Communication is key to everything. Communication is key if you're a business and you're working with a trade payable. What I recommend is that every 30 days or 45 days, if you're a business owner, you pick up the phone and you call your supplier and say, thank you for getting things on time for me. Thank you for being there for me. I appreciate it. Now, 
what happens down the road a year or so if you get into trouble and this guy knows you communicate with him and he appreciates it if you get into trouble he's going to say how can we help you as opposed to i'm calling my attorney to sue you you see you built a relationship not a supplier right because relationships win the other ones don't always work Got it. I agree with that. I, I think having relationships is one of the strongest things that you can do. Yes. So we covered, we covered some of the mistakes that people make. Mm-hmm. What, what are some of the steps that people can take? I know you have a whole system, but what, what are like one or two of the steps besides sending a goodwill letter mm-hmm. that they could take if there are problems with their credit? What's the first place that they should start? Well, the first thing that I, I tell everybody to do is because they don't know what's on the credit report. Most everybody, they go to credit karma and, you know, credit Seuss and all these things. Don't ever do that. You will never really know what's on your credit report because they only put a summary out and their scores are nebulous at that because there's over four to 500 different algorithms. And if you're an automotive company and you're selling cars, you're going to have a different algorithm than if you sell houses, than if you sell anything else. So, because they, they look for, have you ever been laid on a car? You may have been laid on a house, but if you've never been laid on a car, though, your score is higher. Mm-hmm. Mortgage lender says, have you ever been laid on a mortgage payment? We don't care about your car, but if you keep your house on flip, you're okay. So the algorithms are different. So what I, I, I kind of get people to understand is if you're going to, find anything about your wealth, go to one website and only one website. And that's annualcreditreport.com. Annualcreditreport.com. It is a federal government site. And all three credit reports can be pulled for free. And you'll get the entire report. Every single thing that you know about you that's in your regular experience, TransUnion, Equifax report is in that report. You get one from each one of them. They are full and complete. Spend the next couple of hours or hour or so and read every single line on that credit report. Determine whether or not your addresses are correct. Your phone numbers are correct. Anything about your personal information If it's incorrect, it can come back to bite you. It did to me, and I fortunately, I know how to fix things. But all of a sudden, I was doing something, and I pulled my credit report, and I found out that I had a car repossession. I'm going, I called experience, I said, car repossession? I've never had a car. I've got perfect credit. I've had 800 FICA scores for 40 years. What's the deal? He said, uh, we have a Paul Schumann down there, and we've had uh, their car repossessed. I says, but it wasn't me. He says, set us your social security number and, and, what is your, and what is your middle initial? And when I told him that, he goes, oh, different Paul Schumann. And what I found out was within about a 20-mile radius of me, there are about five or six Paul Schumanns, different middle initials, different information. One of them had a car repossessed. So I tell people, it's the little details that can backfire on you. A phone number that you haven't used in a long time may have been picked up by somebody who didn't pay their phone bill, but is tracked by the phone number. And just go through your report, line item by line item. If you see 
derogatories, delinquencies, late payments on it that you are unaware of. Find out how far back. If there's only one, make that courtesy goodwill phone call and say, hey, listen, I didn't even know it was on here. Uh, I've had perfect everything. You know how I am? Can you remove it? Most of the time, they're going to say yes. And then your credit score will come back up. So just know what is on your credit report is critical for you to get business loans, personal loans. As a mortgage lender for 25 years, I had to watch those scores. I had to look at those things, read people's credit reports. And sometimes I'd have to go back and help them fix it so they could get the mortgage loans. And that's how I learned how to fix a lot of things. So look carefully annualcreditreport.com. Awesome. Um, Paul, you have given us a wealth of information. You've talked to us about business credit. You've talked to us about personal credit. You've talked to us about how to fix it, how to pull our correct reports. There's a lot of really good stuff here. If people want to connect with you, you're able to help them in a lot of different ways to fix their credit, to keep their credit shiny, to get the score that they want. Where can people connect with you? Where's the best place for them? Well, they can go to Candorly, calendarly.com forward slash just call Paul. Because so, my name is Paul, just call Paul. Okay. Cool. That's also that, one of my email addresses. So that will be linked down below. It's in the show notes. It's in the action bullets. If yeah. you would like to book a call with Paul, you can tell that he has a ton of information that would be able to help you. You can jump on his phone, uh, phone calendar, which is Huge. That's awesome. Where else can people go to find you if they just want to learn more about you and see some of the things that you've done? If you want to see some of the things that I've done in some of the articles, go to my LinkedIn page. It's just linkedin.com slash IN slash Paul Schumann. It'll take you right to my page. You'll see articles. You'll see, oh God, there's tons of stuff there. Awesome. And And more coming. That's also linked in the show notes as well as the action bullets. So you can connect with Paul either on LinkedIn if you want to see a little bit of the work that he's done, or if you just know that you would like to book some time with him, um, go to the Calendly link that is also in the show notes. So Paul, I want to wrap this up and bring it home. If you had one piece of advice for somebody when it comes to credit, what would it be? Pay attention. Um, And And I can't say that any stronger. Don't let any bills go delinquent. Pay attention to what you're doing. And if it has to do with businesses, stay in communication with your trade payables. You know, as a DTM and Toastmasters, I understand communication is a key to success. You want relationships, you want anything, learn how to talk to them. Find a Toastmaster group out there and learn how to communicate without the uhs, the ums, the so's, the do's, and things like that. Awesome. Well, Paul, clearly, it has been great having you on. Thank you so much for sharing with us. To everyone else, until next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We will see you soon. Thanks for checking out today's show. Do you want the fast and easy Cliff Notes version of the actionable steps from today's episode? If so, go to actionbullets.com and download yours today. Also, if you're looking to start using story selling in your business and have stories do 90% of the hard work for you, grab my free course at storyselling.how today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon.